Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and Redeemer. Amen. So that story I just read, one of the most familiar stories, we will get to that at the end. But I want to begin with what we heard from Moses in Deuteronomy. In fact, I'm going to read the second part again because it's been a while since we heard it. He says, surely this commandment that I am commanding you today is not too hard for you, nor is it too far away. It's not in heaven that you should say, who will go up to heaven for us and get it for us so that we may hear it and observe it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will cross to the other side of the sea for us and get it for us, so that we may hear it and observe it? No. No. The word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart for you to observe. The word is very near to you. Moses addresses the Israelites on the plains of Moab as they are about to enter the promised land. He will not go with them. He will die over on this side. Having spent most of his life with them on a journey, a journey from slavery in Egypt, escaping through the Red Sea, traveling for 40 years in the wilderness, All alone, he went up the mountain to receive God's commandments and came back down to give them to the people, witnessing the human tendency to turn away from God and to live in fear. Moses has seen it all, lived it all with them. These people, chosen by God to be God's people, a covenant people. People pretty much like us. People who turn away from God, but whom God loves so much, he never gives up on us. We, like the Israelites, are called to turn, to repent, to reorient ourselves to God, to this word of love that is always very near to us, seeking us out. So as they prepare to go into the promised land, into a new journey, with new challenges, new things to experience, new lessons to learn, Moses says it again. The word is very near to you. And he reminds them, it's in your mouth and in your heart for you to observe. What word is he talking about? He's talking about those same words, those commandments from God. The Torah, all the teachings, all the teachings that God gave him. All the living words. Words for life. Words that give life. Words that sustain life. 
the word that had stayed with them throughout the journey from Egypt to the promised land. God, the creator, the redeemer and the sustainer, the one God, not a false God, not a golden idol, not a distant hope, not a complicated theological idea resident in heaven or some institution of academia, not a foreign word from a faraway place across the sea. No, Moses says, the word is very near, has always been near, bringing you through the waters of the raging sea, leading you with a pillar of smoke and fire, feeding you manna from heaven and water from deep springs, a voice, a word, a love, a faithfulness, very near a word that is on your lips and in your heart a word that goes with you wherever you are in this journey of faith this journey of life in all the places we find ourselves wilderness loneliness grief joy wonder the word is very near always When Jesus asked the lawyer in today's gospel story, what is written and what do you know about these words? The lawyer sums up his understanding. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your might. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Of course, he knows the words. He's a person of knowledge, trained to speak. We know these words, very familiar words. But in our gospel today, it is not until Jesus tells the story of a man beaten and left for dead, does the lawyer really understand them. The story moves his understanding from his head to his heart which is an entirely different interpretive location. Suddenly we can see, like he did, that his question, who is my neighbor, raises all sorts of other questions. What does it mean that my neighbor is like me? Created by the same God with similar desires and hopes, loves, and limitations. What does it mean to love my neighbor? How do I show it? What do I do? What do I say? In the end... The man, the lawyer, understands. And he says one word. Mercy. He says mercy. The one who shows mercy, that is how to love one's neighbor. Mercy. 
Not really a legal term. Mercy, the one who gives us mercy, is very near. In that moment, standing right next to the lawyer and near to each one of us. And the word in the story, don't miss this, the word is spoken by the man. Because we can see that it's now written in his heart. Mercy is spoken by Jesus for us in his death and resurrection, in his offering of himself in bread and wine each week, and bringing us to new life through baptism. This word, this incarnate word is very near to you, to each one of us. So how is this good news of love and mercy on our lips and in our hearts? How do we witness to the truth that's revealed in this gospel that love and mercy are commandments from God? Well, on Friday we witnessed a little bit of it in beautiful ways. Actually, all last week. We celebrated here at Trinity 20 years of partnership with St. Stephen's Youth Programs and their Be Safe Summer Program. On Friday, we hosted the campers and their counselors here for our second annual Be Cool Day. And there was a different quality about it this year than last year. There was a sense of all of us just being friends and neighbors and enjoying one another. Love, mercy, generosity, hospitality. It was really lovely. And I hope year three will be even more. But the story today also forces us to ask the question about what we are doing to show love and mercy to other neighbors particularly our neighbors at the border. How are we helping those who our society would leave by the side of the road, separated from parents and caregivers? Moses knew as he was ending his time leading the people How important it was to remind them that the word is very near. He also said, surely, surely, this commandment that I am commanding you today is not too hard for you. That commandment, love, mercy, what will we do? With those commandments, with this good news. How will we draw near to Christ and to one another, neighbors all? May it be on our lips and in our hearts with courage, with courage and hope for all God's children. In a few moments, we will baptize Guy. 
We will come together. We will welcome him into this body of Christ. Now, he's a baby. He's too young to read the words. But he's listening to our words. He's watching our actions. He's learning the ways of the world and the ways of love and mercy. God's commandments. May we renew our baptismal promises with him today, taking into our hearts again the word of love we have been given, and then proclaiming it boldly on Guy's behalf and on behalf of every child, every family, every person, all of us made in God's image. My friends, this is not the time to be silent about the good news we have in Christ. Love, mercy, hope. May we, may we lead lives that embody those things. And we can, because we can trust always that Christ, the incarnate word, is very, very near to us. Amen.